praying and putting my glass upside down, and the little screw came on my glasses. <laughs> so, um, I think I can read these. Now, if you guys fall asleep, I have no idea if you do or not. I'll, I can walk it out and all that, but I can't tell what time it is. So, we're sunk tonight. Um, we're looking at Hebrews 11, verse 2, 22. And... Um, it says, by faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. So you remember um, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons, and um, one of them was 17 years old, was sold as a slave, and went down to Egypt. And later on, he became second command in, in Egypt. And... Um, there was a famine in the land, and <clears throat> later on, the father and the rest of the brothers had to come because the family where they were, they had, they had to come to Egypt. And so, um, at that time, when um, Joseph was in his life, he basically says, I want my bones to be taken into, into Canaan. So why would Joseph mention the Exodus? Why would he mention his bones? And I think whether... Whether he saw something written from his forefathers or more likely orally transferred from them, I think he knew very well what was um, being said from God to his, to his like, great-grandfather Abraham, um, grandfather Isaac, father Jacob. God spoke to all those, and I'm sure that he heard those, those stories over and over. And um, so... They knew they had a real unique family. They knew what they had was something very special because they came from another land. They came into Canaan, and they know they they knew they were unique. So I'd like to go through um, sort of why would Joseph, at the end of his life, make mention of the Exodus, and then also give direction concerning his bones. I'd like to start off with Genesis chapter 12, and encourage you to follow along in, in your Bibles. Um, in Genesis 12... Verse 1 says, Now the Lord God, Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. And then verse 5, And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all the possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haram, and they, they set to go out to the land of Canaan. And then verse 7, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring, that includes Joseph, the, the grand, great-grandson, to your offspring I'll give this land. And he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. So he built an altar because in his mind, God was in this. This is obviously God's, God appearing to him. He, he was marking this as a grand occasion, a very sacred occasion. And so this is a great promise he realized that God had given to him. Then in um, Genesis 13, in verse 12, it says, Abram settled the land of Canaan. And then 14, the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward, for all the land that you see I will give to you and to your offspring forever. Again, he, Joseph growing up, would have been hearing these, knowing these, seeing these kind of things happening. Then you look at Genesis 15, of course, Genesis 15, 6, one of the most important verses in the Bible. And then verse 7, it says, He, God, said to Abram, 
I am the Lord who brought you out from the Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. And so he's saying, you're going to possess Canaan. And then what's really interesting is that starting in 13, God speaks to Abram and he says something really interesting. And I'm sure that when Joseph was growing up, he heard this story, read it, whatever it is. I'm sure this really piqued his interest. I'm sure when he was in Egypt, he heard this, remembered this, and yeah, that's what, that's what happened. Look at these verses in Genesis 15, 13. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in the land that is not theirs, and will be servants there, and they will, they will be afflicted for 400 years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward... They shall come out with great possessions. And as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a, in a good old age. And they shall come back here, Canaan, in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Any guess what that is? <laughs> I'm, I keep thinking, you know, here's, here's um, Joseph remembering this, thinking, hey, I'm in Egypt. What's happening now? I'm sure he's putting two and two together. And then another amazing thing, in next verse in 17 when the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your offspring, I'll give this land. And he mentions those areas. Can you imagine Joseph sitting around there saying, Yeah, great your grandfather, this big fire came and all this stuff, and God promised they'd have this land. So obviously, this is something that would be very much ingrained into his mind. In Genesis um, um, 17, um, verse 1 says, The Lord appeared to Abram. And 17.7 says, And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout your, their, your, their generations for an everlasting covenant to be to God and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Then Genesis 23 you have Abraham burying his wife in Canaan. In fact, what you see is all these people, are all, all these forefathers, all buried in Canaan. Um, and that's probably one reason why Joseph said we, he wanted his bones to go there. That's where his, his forefathers were. Genesis 24, when um, Abraham is sending his, sending his, Abraham sending his servant to get a wife for Isaac. Um, verse 7, 24-7. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and he spoke to me and swore to me, to your offspring, I will give this land. Again, over and over, you see this, this theme. In um, Genesis 26, now we have God speaking to actually Isaac. And verse 2 says, The Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Dwell in the land of which I shall tell you. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you and will bless you. For to you and to your offspring, I will give all these lands. And I will establish the oath that I swore to Abraham, your father, so the same promises there. He is saying now is Isaac. I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and will give you an offspring, give to your offspring all these lands. So if you're an offspring like Joseph, he's saying this land is given to me too. And then Isaac um, is sending Jacob to get a wife in Genesis 28. And he says, um, verse 3, God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may become a company of peoples. May he give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you, that you may take possession of the land of your sojournings that God gave to Abraham. And then you have the story of Jacob's ladder. And so God speaks to Jacob here. Now, Jacob, of course, is Joseph's father. So I'm sure that he got firsthand account of this over and over. Um, verse 13, 
Um, Genesis 28, 13. And behold, the Lord stood above it, the ladder, and said, I'm the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land in which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go, and I'll bring you back to this land. I promise. I'm going to bring you back here, even though you're going away. And then Jacob goes away. He gets wives. He gets children. Um, Genesis 31, um, verse 3, God speaks to Jacob, and he says, um, The Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers. And then Genesis um, 35, God speaking to Jacob in verse 12. He says, The land that I gave to Abraham and Isaac I will give to you, and I will give the land to your offspring after you. Same theme over and over then in um, verse 19, Rachel dies, that's Joseph's mother, and she's buried there. Of course, she's buried in, in Canaan. And then verse 29, Isaac breathed his last and he died. And of course, where was he buried? He was buried in Canaan. So after that, Joseph is sold to Egypt and there was seven year famine. And um, so Jacob and his family obviously are, so concerned, like, do we go down there? There's food down there. Joseph's down there. But at the same time, we know that this is our promised land. Should I go down or not? And so Genesis 46, 2 says, And God spoke to Israel, or J- Jacob, in visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make you a great nation. I myself will go down with you to Egypt. And I'll also bring you up again, that is to Canaan. So God says, you can go down there, but I'm going to bring you back to Canaan. And then 17 years later, in Genesis 47, 29, and when the time drew near that Jacob, or Israel, must die, he called his son Joseph and said to him, if now I have found favor in your sight, and put your hand over my thigh, and, and promise to deal kindly and truly with me, do not bury me in Egypt, but let me lie with my fathers, and be in Canaan, Carry me out of Egypt, bury me in their burying place. He answered, I will do as you have said. And he said, swear to me, and he swore to him. Then Genesis 48, um, verse 1, After this, Joseph was told, Behold, your father is ill. Then verse 3, And Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan, and blessed me and said to me, Behold, I will make your fruitful multiply you, and I will make you a great company of peoples, and will give this land to your offspring after you for an everlasting possession. And then verse 7, um, Rachel dies. Where is she dying? He says, Rachel died in Canaan. She was buried there, reminds Joseph of that. And then 20, 21, then Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I'm about to die, but God will be with you and bring you again to the land of your fathers. He's saying, you're going to be coming back to, to Canaan someday. And Jacob blesses the, the 12 sons. His last words in Genesis 49, um, verse 29. Then he commanded them and said to them, I will be gathered to my people. Bear me with my fathers. In 31, there they buried Abraham and Sarah's wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah, his, his wife. This is what he's saying. And there, they, they, there I buried Leah. Then 33, when Jacob finished commanding his sons, he drew up his feet into the bed and breathed his last and was gathered to his people. So his last words were, bear me with my people back in Canaan. Genesis 50, 
verse 4. And when the days of weeping for him were past, the mourning for Jacob, Joseph spoke to the household of Pharaoh and said, If now I found favor in your eyes, please speak to the, in the ears of Pharaoh, saying, My father made me swear, saying, I'm about to die in my tomb that I in my tomb that I hewed out for myself in the land of Canaan, there you shall, bear, shall you bury me. Now, therefore, let me please go up and bury my father, then I will return. And Pharaoh answered, Go up and bury your father as he made you swear. So Joseph went up to bury his father. With him went up all the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of the household, and all the elders of the land of Egypt. In verse 12, Thus his sons did for him as he had commanded them, for his sons carried him to the land of Canaan and buried him. Um, verse 24, the last verses of um, Genesis. Um, Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die, but God will visit you and bring you up out of this land to the land that he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, God will surely bless you, will surely visit you. You should carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died, being 110 years old. Then they embalmed him and put him in a coffin in Egypt. So being buried in having your bones in Canaan was really confirming the promise of God. God had said, this is your land. Doing that was a statement saying, yeah, this is our land. There's plenty of stake in that land there. So what kind of faith did Joseph have? You look at Hebrews eleven twenty two and it says, By faith Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. You know, over 20 times you see where... God promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that the Canaan was their land over 20 times. And you think, here's Joseph. Okay, he's gone through all kinds of stuff in Egypt, okay. But you think, did it take a lot of faith for him to say, yeah, I believe my bones should be taken there? I think probably most of us say, well, that's not that great of faith, okay. I mean, over 20 times, God actually spoke. God actually spoke to his forefathers. Never spoke to to Joseph and his forefathers, for three generations before that, God actually spoke to them and said these things. And I think, in a sense, it is pretty simple to say, yeah, God promised this. It wouldn't take a lot of jump, of leap of faith for, for Joseph to say, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with this. I believe it. And um, then act on it. And I think, I think really an application there is that you look at the, the Bible. Over and over, Jesus said things like, if you believe in me, if you eternal life, um, I'm the resurrection of life, all those kind of things. You look at the Bible where it talks about um, Christ died for our sins and things like that. You know, Scripture is full of those kind of things. And I think that probably, you look at the faith that Joseph had, and his sense this initial faith is not that big of a deal, seems like. Actually, for us as believers, there is far more evidence of believing in Christ gives eternal life than what you ever find that Joseph had there, Okay. You know, I think that for us as believers, really what we're saying was, Jesus Christ said this. We see this in the epistles. We see it over and over. If you believe in him, he gives you eternal life. And I think a good application for us is just say, okay, God, I really believe you say that. When you say that, I really believe that. And, and like Joseph, he said, I saw it. I believed it. I act on it. Same way we see what, what um, God says. We believe it. We act on it then. That's, what, that's basically our salvation, is we have the complete trust in him. And that's true all throughout Scripture. We see Scripture. We look at it. We say, okay, I really believe this. This is what he says. 
And um, I take that for myself. You know, there's no record that um, God spoke to um, Joseph, but he still had that faith. And I think that we can have that kind of faith also. And that's the kind of faith we do have. But I think that um, there's something beyond that. Um, Question, why, why didn't Joseph request that his bones be taken immediately when he died to Canaan. Um, Why was he going to allow his body to be kept in Egypt? You know, I think, I don't know, but maybe the one thing he wanted to do was remind his family, the Israelites, that actually he had a a mission there. You know, probably they had his, his coffin, whatever it was, probably had a tent or something and he was in it and people walk by and say, what's that? They'd say, well, that's, that's Joseph. Well, what's he doing there? Well, he says we're going to take his body to, to Canaan. What would that do to the people during that time? I think it would be a matter of, okay, that would stretch their faith and um, encourage them. You know, J- Jacob and Joseph could have had his, probably, put, could have had his body put in a pyramid. But actually, he chose this obscure cave in Canaan because in his mind, that's what he's looking for. He was looking to the future there. And... Um, I think that's probably more of why we find Joseph here is because in his mind he was saying, all this stuff I don't care for, my hope is in there in the future there. Um, in Exodus thirteen nineteen, it says, Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. This is the Exodus. For Joseph had made the sons of Israel soundly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry my bones with you from here. So that means that 40 years in the wilderness... My guess, you had four guys carrying this wooden, whatever, my guess. And people say, what this guy's doing carrying that? And they say, well, that's the, the bones of Joseph. Why? Because he's committed saying, we need to go to Canaan. That's where I belong. And, um, you know, these 11 brothers, they're probably all buried in, in Egypt. But I think, I think there was a certain um, sense there of a testimony of the people saying, he really believed this. And there was always that testimony to them saying, yeah, they, they, they believed that. Then Joshua 24, 32, As to the bones of Joseph, which the people of Israel brought up from Egypt, they buried them in Shechem in a piece of land that Jacob brought. So he did have his wish. He was buried in, in Canaan then. So how do you have a Joseph-type faith? I think that the, the main thing about Joseph was that he saw hundreds of years later, he's saying, I'm going, we're going, we're not going to stay in Egypt, we're going to Canaan. I think for us as Christians, I think that we need to have that long type faith too. Um, you know, 1 Peter 1.13 says, Set your hope fully on the grace to be brought to you with the revelation of Jesus Christ. Put your hope totally on that grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, don't put your faith in your health right now, your salary, your job, your spouse, your children, your parents, success, stable government, financial security. All those things we want to put our faith in. You know, you look at people being persecuted for the faith. What, what's happening inside of them? They're saying, I see something out there. I see the future. That's what my faith is. And that's the kind of thing I think you see with Joseph. That's why he's in this, this faith chapter. So he's saying, okay, I'm, I see right now, but also I see way in the future really what's important. So my encouragement that we have a, a Joseph-type faith like that, we would see what God promises we believe those, and we'd act on those. And I think that it's important that we not take proof text. Like, I can do all things. 
Okay, is that a promise? Okay. My encouragement is you saturate yourself with God's word. You really see what it says. And then you say, this is what God's word is saying. I really see it. I really believe it. I'm going to act on it. Um, I think a good strategy would maybe the next week or 10 days, read the book of Ephesians every day and strive to understand every word, every phrase, every verse. And then go back to Ephesians chapter 1 and say, okay, I'm going to see what it says there about me. Okay, I'm going to see what it says. I'm going to see if I believe it. I'm going to act upon it. So what kind of faith did Joseph have? He had that kind of faith that says, I see, I believe, and he acted upon it. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you very much that you are not a God who is wishy-washy, that goes back on your word. Lord, your word is amazing. All this truth in your word. I pray that each one here would have the grace to be able to see what your word says, to believe it, and then to act on it. I pray you give us that kind of faith that Joseph had. Lord, I, I think of Joseph going into a slave in Egypt, going into prison, and all those things that could have easily distracted him. Maybe it did for a while. Lord, those things are going to happen to us too. But I pray that our eyes upon will be upon the time when we see you. May that be our focus. I pray that you give us a singularity of vision towards you, your future, with you. And I pray in Christ's name. Amen. And now please stand and we will sing.